You're listening to the Podcast Insider, Episode 5. What's up, everyone? Devin here, executive producer at Devenio Podcast, and welcome to the December episode of the Podcast Insider. Now, it's the holiday season, which has always been my favorite time of year, so I just wanted to take a second to time out and and thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Now, whether you've been listening for months throughout the year or this is your first episode and you're tuning in, uh, it means the world to me and and thank you so much for doing so. So uh, happy holidays from us. And uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Now, for today's episode, we're going to be talking about how you can take the format of your podcast to the next level. Now, there are tons of creative ways to tell a story on your podcast other than just a straight one-to-one interview. If you're looking to get creative and you're looking to take the next step, this is the episode you're going to want to tune into because we're going to break down a number of different formatting options for you to consider and really how to decide which format is right for your podcast and your audience. And for that, I'm going to be joined by Brandon Hull, who is the host of the Freelance to Founder podcast, and he's the co-founder of HelloCast. Now, if you haven't heard of HelloCast, it's definitely a tool you should be checking out for your pre-production and planning. I use it all the time. It's awesome. Definitely check it out. Now, in Brandon's podcast, Freelance to Founder, he talks to entrepreneurs who have taken their side hustle and built it into a full-fledged, successful full-time business. It's definitely a podcast concept that really stuck out to me as unique, and I really, really love the concept of of his podcast. So it's obvious that Brandon has a uh, really broad perspective of the podcast world as he's seeing it from both the podcaster's seat as well as the entrepreneur's seat. Uh, He's got a ton of great advice on how you can start revamping the format of your podcast episodes. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. All right, so Brandon, you've been uh, producing the Freelance to Founder podcast for a pretty long time now. You took over about uh, two and a half years ago, 75 episodes under your belt, which is great. You got a lot of experience. Um, you actually took over in season two, which, you know, the concept of the show really resonated with me. I couldn't believe that I haven't heard of it before. And and when I did, I, I just been binging episodes because it's a, it's a great concept. What, uh, what about the show really inspired you with everything else you have going on, which is a ton, you know, the cost benefit factor, what, what inspired you to take over and agree, you know what, I'm going to dive into this thing. Uh, I'm uh, selfishness. Maybe that's the uh, right answer. <laughs> uh, and by by selfishness, um, I mean that I'm I'm a pretty I'm a student of life. I'm uh, I like to be extremely observant of what people do and why they do it. Um, maybe it's the social worker and or the psychologist in me, or just the lifelong student in me. But um, I genuinely wanted to talk to people who had built things on the side, um, whether, whether it's a freelance pursuit or a company that they started to tinker with, you know, like a software product or something like that. And it took on a life of its own. Just the idea of that fascinates me and wanting to find out not just the how to's, cause there's a ton of entrepreneurial shows that talk about what did you do first? What did you do second? What did you do third to grow it? But wanting to find out how the, the makeup of these people and how they think, how they view careers, how they view the world um, what experiences they had growing up that might have impacted 
their thinking and what what prompted them to start something up. So just I think that part alone was was why I was interested in in talking to people and finding out why they're doing what they're doing. That's where it started anyway. Yeah, that's great. And you know, I'm finding that a common theme with all a lot of the podcasters that I'm that I've been interviewing a lot of the the reasons for them starting a podcast or in your case jumping into one and and taking over is a uh, a desire to learn from other people within the industry or within you know whatever niche your podcast falls into uh it's a desire to learn which i think is excellent for your listeners because you are serving as a conduit for your listeners and you know if you have that passion to to learn then uh you're sort of delivering that passion and and that you're delivering your experiences to them as well as you, as you do learn. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think you know what? I think I think there's plenty of people who get into podcasting because they they want to talk a lot. <laughs> they want to be the expert and they want to be the person that's telling people how it all how it all works, how it all goes. Um I don't mind admitting that there's there's a little part of me that has that as well. I think we all have that desire to be sort of the the gatekeeper to knowledge or something. Otherwise, <laughs> I could just interview people and be smarter. You know, I do it as yeah. a podcast for a reason. So but, but having said that, um, I like to think that my natural curiosity is an advantage for listeners of my podcast because I'll, I might go down paths that other interviewers don't go down if they were to interview the same people, and they do interview the same people that I talk to. And that's, a, that's an advantage for my audience is I'll ask questions or find out ways about how people evaluate risk, for example, or about how they how decisions that they opted against, not just the decisions they made, but the things they decided yeah. not to do. I think my natural curiosity also brings something to the table. So it's not all just wanting to be a student and just, you know, uh, shut up and and let people talk. (laughs) I I don't mind admitting that there's a part of me that wants to bring myself into the shows as well. Sure. No, that's great. I love that. Uh, Now, with on that topic, with with over 75 episodes, we said you're under your belt, you're talking to all these brilliant people. Uh, what what would you say out of all the stories you've heard? What's one or two that really resonated with you the most? What's what's a, a lesson that maybe you'll never forget and you hold with you on a, a daily basis? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Um, there 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 genuinely have been so many different types of stories where I've talked to people that did this or built that or or started to dabble this, and the next thing you know, it's it's taking on a life of its own. Um, if I if I had to choose one, maybe out of the uh, you know the recency bias thing. Um, if I had yep. to choose one that's, <laughs> that's somewhat recent that I think is is pretty cool, um, I talked to the two founders of Vare Watches, V A E R Watches, and that's a that's a watch company that's only been around like two years, really four years for them, but two years for the public. Right. Uh, and these guys had no business starting a watch company, but. They're, they just I think they just viewed things as though why not us we we have an interest in that um, we we think we have the design chops to do it and we're willing to learn as we go um, and we'll probably make some mistakes but th- there was a and they're young guys I don't think either one of them is at 30 years yeah. old yet uh, so just that idea oh, wow. that somebody can look at an opportunity and say I think I could pull that off <laughs> and just not have <laughs> reservations holding them back like it holds back so yeah. many people. I love that. I love stories like that. And theirs was definitely one of those ones where it's, I get I get it when a software developer decides he can build this software tool and it takes on a life of its own. That's okay. But you had the skill set. Right. Like these guys were just B2B yeah. software guys and all of a sudden they're starting up a watch company. And if you went to the website or you see the reviews of it, this should not have happened. This story should have happened. I love stories right. like that. 
Yeah, that's great. We're, we're always so good. I, I've been way more self-conscious about this in, in the last few years. We're so good at talking ourselves out of things. Oh, I got this great idea, but you know, wh- there's so many reasons yep. why I shouldn't do it. I've made it a conscious effort over the last few years to really try to wash that out of my head and just explore, you know? So that's great. Yeah, that's a great story. And there's more of them. Yeah. I mean, there's there's countless people like this that I feel like they start something because they like it. And it's not the whole pursue your passion thing, but it is sort of that I want to do this and I don't see any reason why I can't do it. Sure. I don't know this and I don't know this and I don't know this, but in general, I don't see any reason why I can't be the one that launches that thing. So we'll try it and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go get a job. (laughs) There's just something (laughs) fresh about that when we're being drone, you know, training our kids today still to go get good grades then go get a degree, then go get a good job. And maybe you can start a company too, but we we just don't, it, that doesn't have equal footing to what the educational system would have our our kids do, which is go get a good job. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. I just love that um, sort of, that contrarian approach to doing things. For sure, it's exciting. Now, now you yourself are a co-founder. So, uh, you know, you, you host this show, but you, you are a co-founder yourself. You co-founded uh, HelloCast, which I have to say, I use... Shameless plug. Uh, it's fantastic. I use it all the time. And I, correct me if I'm wrong here. It's an online platform for podcast management, essentially. Um, and it just takes all the planning aspects uh, of, of your podcast and kind of puts it all in one place right there uh, online. There you yep. said it. You probably said it much better and much more concise than I would have said it. <laughs> Got to hire me for marketing. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, that's, that's the idea of it. It's The idea is that it's rather than a, a person... Uh, get frustrated, say, 10 episodes into hosting a podcast, which happens all the time to people. They get excited about talking on a microphone to other people, by themselves, with their buddies, whatever it is. But then suddenly they get five episodes, 15 episodes into it, and they realize this is harder than I thought. Like, we have to think about things in advance. And how do I stay on top of things? How can I plan out what we're going to talk about instead of it being Wednesday and I can put an episode out on on Thursday? Something like that. And And uh, it came from my own pain point, feeling like I got to have one system. I can't keep going in to Google Sheets and Trello and this over here. I need one system for my own sanity. And I'm finding out more and more people think similarly. Not everybody thinks that way. There, some people like tweaking their own tools and, that, and that's fine. But um, I love having everything in one place, one login. I don't have to have multiple tabs up. It's just uh, refreshing that way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you, you see countless products. All the all the best products, I feel like, start in a way where you're solving a problem for yourself almost, and and you're finding other people are having the same pain points. And sure enough, it it sort of takes off. So that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you for the help. You're welcome, um, and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, with. Uh, this is going to sound sort of out of left field, this question, but I am curious with all of these, again, brilliant people that you're, you're interviewing on uh, Freelance to Founder, how are you uh, continually on, on a, a regular basis finding new guests for your show? There's really three main ways that I've found guests. One is, uh, and I'd say this is the case for the first, we used to be in seasons. We're not seasons now. We're just a weekly show. But for the first three seasons, it was people that I followed and admired for the most part. Um, I shouldn't say I admired him for the most part. <laughs> it was people that I followed <laughs> and admired. Largely, it was that that group of people who I knew had built something 
uh, and done great things with it. I ran across them at a, at a conference that I attended, or I just had followed them in general. And I knew everybody in the, in online marketing circles or social circles, social marketing circles had found uh, that these people had built something great. And I'd invite them to be on the show. Examples would be uh, Sean McCabe of Sean Wes um, or Chase yep. Reeves and Corbett Barr from Fizzle. Um, people like that. Brennan Dunn from uh, Right Message. People that had built something and made a name for themselves, I guess you could say. And I admired the work that they did, and I reached out to them. Over time, I wanted to infuse a greater variety of stories. So two things started to happen. One is I started to realize I know a lot more founders than I than I have given myself credit for. Um, <laughs> and I think we probably all do nowadays because, because so many people are starting things up. And um, And I started to think through people that I know who have started up their own businesses and would kind of check in to see how those businesses are doing to see if they fit the good, you know, a good story. If there's a good story behind what they've done. Right. And then um, that started to happen. And then I'd get guests referring guests to me pretty regularly. I really don't want to pat myself on the back for anything. And anytime <laughs> somebody says that, they're getting ready to. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but I've had guests tell me, you know, they'll say things like, wow, you did your research for this. Or, um, holy smokes, I don't know where you found that information. That's amazing, you know? And, and, and I think it's just they have a different experience on my show. And so they'll, they'll give me names of other people that I should talk to. Um, and as long as there's a storyline, um, as long as there's a, a unique angle or story, uh, I'm pretty open-minded about yeah. potentially having somebody on the show. If, they, if they're just used to being on shows to pitch themselves, not so much uh, interested in that. But if they get what the nature of the show is, I'm generally open to it. And then I don't mind admitting to you, uh, this is this is going to sound a little mea culpa here, but I was looking through my published episodes maybe about two months ago, and I'm usually a good three months ahead of schedule as far as booking people, and definitely a good yep. three to four weeks ahead of time on getting schedule, getting interviews done, and then just needing to produce the episodes. And as I looked over my yep. published episode list, I was kind of embarrassed. Like I was on a, a hard run of um, mails. And it was, it was embarrassing. It really was because I've had some amazing female founders on. And so I just put out a request on Twitter. This is, we're talking late breaking news here, by the way, the last two right, weeks. Right. Podcast Insider exclusive. That's right. That's right. I put out a request <laughs> on, on Twitter and boom, like that, three or four people that I know referred maybe eight to 10 female founders that were that's fantastic great stories. And so just like that, boom, um, I'm stocked up again. <laughs> so, and I'll do it in batches like that where I'll think through, okay, wait, I need to send some more invites out and, and get people on the show again. And so there was a long answer to your question, but basically it's either people I've admired, people I know, or people that get referred to me in one way or another. And um, so it's a nice blend. People I, you know, sometimes you have that chemistry already with somebody. And sometimes you got to start from scratch there. Right, right. Now, how are you going about recording these episodes with, with uh, again, a weekly show? You have these sort of in queue, I should say. You have recorded episodes in queue. So uh, are you doing these in batches? Are you sort of just going one by one and based on people's schedules? How is that working out for you? I'm not good at having a system. Dis I th I, if I didn't have a HelloCast, like that's the way I manage it myself. And if I didn't have that or some airtight system just like that through another tool, I would be a mess and I would be stressed <laughs> out and I would not, not enjoy podcasting nearly as much. And I know there's people that right. are in my in that situation because I don't batch things very well. I will get on a run where I'm able to conduct, you know, three or four interviews over a week and a half period. And in theory, I then have the next three or four weeks 
beyond where I'm at right now done. Sure. But I still sure. have to produce those episodes, you know, like you're, you'll have to after this episode, you'll still have to do some recording on your own, some uh, mastering and things like that. And like, you'll still have to do that. And, and I usually don't do that. And, and part of it is on purpose. I usually don't do that until a week or two before the episode needs to go live. And I don't do it because A, I got a lot on my plate, <laughs> um, but B, I also don't do it because I want an episode to sort of linger in my mind a little bit. And I prepare what my notes are that I want to say in my intro for that episode. And I want, I don't want to be in such a batch mode that I got to kind of give a guest short shrift because I'm just wanting to produce it quickly and move on to the next episode that I got to produce really quickly. Yeah. And, and so I don't produce in batches. I produce one, maybe two week, two episodes in a week. I'm doing two this week. I'm producing, but I'll maybe do one to two a week. Um, I might interview in batches, but I don't ever produce yep. in batches. What I think is interesting about that too is, uh, and it just, this just occurred to me that it may be a benefit, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, if you are waiting until, like you said, a week before to actually do the editing and get everything sort of situated with your intro and all that stuff, once you release it the following week, you probably have some fresh quotes and things like this for marketing and, and kind of pushing on social and stuff like that. Do you find that that helps? Yeah, when I, um, I've got to be a little bit ahead of the curve. When I'm, when I'm not ahead of the curve, I do a very poor job of even publicizing that I myself put out a podcast episode, <laughs> whether it's like Twitter or whatever other platform. I do a really bad job when I'm under the gun. When I'm on pace, I will do a few things to publicize an episode. And that is exactly what I'll do is I'll look for little gems, quotes that are said in the episode by the person here or there, little pieces that I think are noteworthy that I want to maybe even produce in the episode my own little aside, like I'll pause the interview and I'll interject about how important what it was they just said, like a director's cut type of moment or something yeah, like that. I've started yeah, doing that in my, in my podcast. I don't do it regularly because that would be annoying for a listener to do, but I'll do it, I don't know, two or three times in an episode. And I'll do it because I feel like sometimes you're in the moment and somebody will say something profound and you might like it, but you're a little bit quick to move on to maybe the next area that you know you wanted to cover because you did some research ahead of time or something. And when I'm listening to the pod to the episode after the fact, it gives me a chance to rediscover the things that they said that were important. And then I can, um, you know, underline those or put a highlighter on those <laughs> with my own words in a way that maybe I missed the, the chance to do that um, when I was interviewing them. That's great. Well, Brandon, let's dive into the topic of this episode, which is essentially formatting your episode. So, I mean, you uh, are primarily a, an interview format. You basically are interviewing, you have guests come on and you interview them. I'd say that's a pretty standard format. We see a lot of that in podcasting. That isn't your only option for podcasting. There's tons of different formats. If you were to pick three, I don't want to say baseline, but three viable options for podcasters, specifically if they're, I don't want to say new, but they're, they're breaking into the podcast game. Maybe they've been doing it for a little bit and they want to refine their podcast. What are sort of the three top uh, formats that you would consider or you'd recommend to a podcaster give a try? I think that if if you started off interviews, let's say you interviews were the way that you got into podcasting and you started the ball rolling with that. I still think that's perfectly fine to do that. I, I would argue in certain niches, the world doesn't need yet another podcast interview show. Um, 
I think there's plenty of people that would argue with me on that because I'd be more than happy for there to be another 5 million podcasts out there despite what some people say about there being too many already. But, um, but if, you've already, if you've already been doing interview shows, I think that there's a number of directions you could suddenly start taking things in. One of them would be that the interview is just one small piece of any given episode. My, my podcast is an hour-long uh, interview. It doesn't need to be an hour-long interview. I could cut to the chase really quickly, I suppose, and it could be a 30-minute interview. And then that episode is either just 30 minutes or it's bookended by commentary, by narrative, by other segments that talk about a specific topic. That could be one way that you do it. So one, so one way would be to start a, to bookend your, your interview um, with other content. Another piece would be to have a topic be the focal point for an episode and that episode to have multiple interviews on that specific yeah. topic. I know that some people get into a niche because they know that niche really well. And instead of talking to luminaries in that niche any given week, why not talk about one thing like if it's a business oriented podcast, like pricing or something, and you talk to three experts and what their take is on how they priced their product and went to market and how they have uh, changed their policies on pricing or something. I don't know. That's a maybe boring for people who don't <laughs> listen to business podcasts, but that's just one way to do it is you have a topic and you have experts weigh in on that topic. And I don't think enough people do that, to be honest with you. Like that's total missed opportunity. So that's the second one I would say is have um, a topic focus and have interviews be a part of that. The third way to do it is the way that um, Freelance to Founder originally was, and we're not like this anymore, but we were originally a narrative podcast through and through. The interviews, I conduct the interview, and then I would actually build the episode with a lot of music. And uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm good, all that good at sound design, but with some, maybe some sound design elements. But the interview is only interspersed throughout the episode, and it's mostly me talking about this person and then bringing in quotes from them. The warning about that is that it's a heck of a lot more work, a heck of a lot more writing, and a heck of a lot more like post-production type of work. But your show can totally stand out. Yeah, let's dive into that, actually, the, the work that goes into some of these formats. Now, are you doing this all on your own? Are you doing all the different, the planning, the actual recording, the post work? Are you doing all that stuff yourself? All by myself today. Wow. And um, <laughs> maybe because I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. I'm starting <laughs> to give some thoughts to offloading pieces of it. But as of right now, I do it all myself. And if, and you, know, if you are a podcaster who makes enough money or is willing to invest enough money in their show that they can offload like production, which... Yep. That would be the first thing that I would do is offload production because then you can focus on the story. Like, what is the point of this episode? What's the angle? And it doesn't even really matter what your concept or your format is, but what is the whole point of this episode and what do you want people to get out of it? You can focus all your energy, time, thoughts on that and let somebody else worry about the actual production process, the building process, right? Yeah, that that's fantastic. I probably so now, just did an ad let, for you, didn't I? <laughs> Another shameless plug. Why not? There you, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I do. I, I do want to explore a bit more your, I guess, recommendation for if a podcaster is going to jump into, let's just say, a multiple interview podcast format where they have this topic, they're going to get a number of different experts to to interview and and help tell the story. What are some things that podcasters should be thinking about? 
in the planning stage? How do they actually wrap their heads around, all right, well, how do I develop this into a narrative? Do they need to start with a general idea? Do they need to, you know, wh where are they coming up with these ideas? And then how are they kind of connecting the dots on who's actually going to help me tell this narrative? Right. Um, it, you, you just, just by saying that, you highlight how much more difficult the work suddenly becomes. Sure. <laughs> because if you go into it with a multi, let's say you go into a show with a very specific topic in mind and you, and you don't, maybe you don't even know who the experts are that you'll talk to for that episode. You can imagine who they might be, but you just have the episode topic in mind. From there, you immediately have to put yourself in the shoes of your listener because it's one thing to do an interview where you where a person may say 50 different things that are interesting over the course of 50 minutes or more, right? It's another thing to catch the soundbite moments that really make a person feel like they got value from that. And sometimes it just might be enter entertaining, actually, soundbites, not just informational, because yeah. not every podcast is informational or educational. But you have to think like a listener and imagine what they're going to expect to take away from an episode on whatever that topic is for that show. And you have to make sure that you're very pinpointed about the questions that you're going to ask the people because you're going to have to deliver that to them after right. that, right? You almost have to think in terms of sound bites because you're going to be dropping in what somebody says and it's going to be small pieces of what they say taken from a larger conversation, potential larger conversation. And you really do have to think about what would the listener expect here? That's part one. Part two is you think you got to think through what's the logical way this conversation will be addressed. Like, I use that bad example of pricing. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to, on my, the spur of the moment, think of another example of a topic you might have a, for a podcast. But um, but <laughs> but whatever that whatever that topic is, I guess we'll go pricing again. It's one thing to talk about how you priced your product. It's another thing to talk about how how many options you considered when talking about pricing your product. It's another thing to talk about uh, how you tested the pricing of that product. It's another thing to talk about what feedback you've gotten from customers after you've launched a product and all the different pricing points that you've uh, you've rolled out to them. And there's almost like basic, intermediate, and advanced type of subjects that you yep. would talk about. And you can't just dive right in to the deep end with even if with a smart audience, you kind of need to warm up that topic just a little bit. And you need to think about that as well. Like what's the logical flow of this conversation on this topic? How you priced it, how that pricing evolved and how you got feedback from the market and um, what are some of the decisions that you avoided making over time and, and you know, looking back now, what are some of the things that you would do differently about how you priced your product? That's like, like my little spur of the moment version of it, but there needs to be that kind of flow to it, not just what you want to talk about. What what's the proper order of things, you know? Which takes preparation, I would I would assume beforehand. You yep. gotta actually structure things beforehand. And one other thing I will note, I didn't want to interrupt you earlier, but I think that uh, based on you mentioned that you're taking sound bites from a larger piece, I would imagine you would need to be taking some good notes as you're sitting there during the interview and really kind of highlighting the points that you would want to keep or could be a potential soundbite. Right. Unless unless you've got go to guests that there are the experts. And if you have like an established rapport with them and they know they're coming on to primarily give you their three pieces of advice on pricing, um, then you can get right into it. And next thing you know, you, you've had a conversation with them for 11 minutes and you've got great sound bites. You didn't have to sort through 30 minutes worth of content or something. You know, if, you, if you've got good rapport with somebody, maybe you can pull that off a little bit more efficiently. But that doesn't mean you'll never be able to shortcut the planning stuff. You're just, you're just not going to be able to do that. You've got to think through what does your listener expect 
and how can you deliver to them in a way that they get the most value from that one single episode. Yeah, that's great. And not not to go back to the point that I just mentioned, but I'm trying to think of you know, what else would need to be done, let's just say during post-production and if you are taking notes and you are prepared beforehand, you're front-loading that work so that when you get to the post-production, you don't have to sit there and re-listen to an entire episode, so, you know, an hour, hour and a half episode to find the pieces that you can use, you already have that information uh, at your disposal in your notes. So planning is probably going to be key with that. So great stuff. How would a, a, a new podcaster or an existing podcaster looking to shake things up, how would they consider what format is right for them? What are some things to think about? You know, uh, am I going to be able to handle uh, a multi-interview format, for instance, or maybe the sub or, or, or looking at the subject matter? Is that right for the format? Things like that. What are some things that podcasters should consider? Well, I assume that we're talking about people that are doing podcasting like on the side um, where they're having to grab moments of time that they can do this as opposed to people who are just going to dive in and have funding and can do it full time. Because they already have this all figured out, but <laughs> but for those dab, uh, you know that are going to be dabbling at first and getting going into it, the harsh reality is you have to set aside all the fun and sexy things that you want to think about with your podcast, like uh, intro music and hey my gear and all that sort of thing. And you really need <laughs> to think about the harsh realities of your available time to begin with. And if you are going to be crunched for time. Good luck pulling off a narrative podcast. Good luck pulling off a <laughs> podcast that has multiple interviews for one episode. Like things like that are just going to be really hard. I still think that there's ways that you can get creative about what how an episode is structured, but you just need the I I honestly would say the first thing that they need to think about is honestly, you got to be con- pretty conservative about your estimates of time that you have available to produce any single episode first and foremost, right? Yep. The second part I think that you need to think through, and you have to also be honest about this, is in your with your own personality. Can you pull off a conversation with an, another person where you're driving the conversation in some ways? Can you pull that off all by yourself? Or are you the type of person who plays off of other people really well? You know, like a um, it doesn't mean that you're a sideline type of person or a secondary person. It just means that you know, with whether it's humor based or something like that, you need cues. You need somebody to kind of say something yeah. and you react to it. And you just have to know your personality well enough to know if you're an initiator or you're a reactor to things and and how that might play into what kind of show that you could potentially put together or not put together too, you know? So I'd say time and then knowing your own real personality, not the personality you want to be on a podcast, but like the personality you actually have, because that eventually is going to create stress if you're trying to be something that you're like not at all, you know, or it's going to, it's going to weigh on you any given episode. Yeah, for sure. Now, what would you say as we're, as we're thinking about formatting these episodes, time, as you mentioned, is always a factor. What about the time of the actual episodes themselves? So we can, we can also break this out into segments. So let's start here. When it comes to a podcast episode, there are podcasts that run hour and a half, two hour episodes that have no business being a two hour episode podcast. I mean, how long can you beat pop culture movie stuff to death for two hours? It's a little nuts. So um, how do you know where, not cut your losses, but go out on a high note, let's say, and, and just just give enough so that your listeners are going to want more for next episode. So that's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is, as we're building out these segments or as we're building out our format, how do we allot 
appropriate amount of time to each segment and figuring all that out? Uh, I wouldn't suggest that I have the magic answer to number one, because even Rob Walsh himself from Libsyn has talked about how uh, when everybody says you, your podcast needs to be short and, and concise because, you know, commute times and that's when people listen to it and they're multitasking, doing other things and they may have 22 minutes or something like that. You you look at the top podcasts, the ones that are, you know, garnering the, the most downloads and so forth. These aren't short shows. Um, Joe Rogan show is is still the number one downloaded show and it's well over an hour, if not sometimes two plus hours. And and that's just him chatting with somebody else. So he has the talent to do that, obviously. And, and, you know, what you hear in minute 43 versus a minute hour and 43, um, versus minute three, (laughs) um, well, those (laughs) minute three might be different. That's all ads, but, um, (laughs) but what you hear needs to be so compelling that people feel like they need to hold on. So I guess my answer to number one is, you know, if you can, if you are so talented that you can keep an audience going, for for 45 minutes or more go for it if you can build anticipation you know kind of build in hooks in your show where somebody listening at minute 10 you want them to stay with you for just till another 5 or 10 minutes because this is what they're going to hear and those 5 or 10 minutes if you have the talent to pull that off do do it you know there's no reason why it has to be 20 minutes just because somebody says people commute you know and that's the average commute time or something like that i know that there was somebody else right. who said Roman Mars, I think, um, of 99% uh, Invisible, said something about something something to the effect of every minute you save your listeners, you're doing a, you're doing a, a great service to the world, you know, by having your podcast be shorter. But that's not always the case. I mean, to, to, I will say this, though, to answer your second question. We might feel like we are the counterpunch to radio in podcasting because it's time shifted and all that sort of thing. And people can skip through things just like uh, DVRs, you know, it's... Um, but having said that, there are great lessons to be learned from radio that we shouldn't be too quick to ignore, i.e. segment times and attention spans of people and how you transition from one to the other. And while I'm not a, yeah. a trained radio broadcaster by any means, again, I'm a student of things and I pay attention to not just what they say, but how they structure a show. And I don't think any of us that are untrained professionals can get away with shows that have ads every seven minutes or 11 minutes. But the, the lesson to be learned from that is not so much to do an ad that's, that often, but it is to change gears on a somewhat frequent basis so that you've got some other reason for somebody to keep listening for a little bit longer, assuming they're not shutting their car door on a real commute, you know? So I, I guess that sort of answers your second question. Like, you've got you to build your show, however long it is, 20 minutes or 40 minutes or an hour and 40 minutes. You've got to build it in a way where there is changes in the pace and there are changes in direction during the course of it. Because if you don't, you probably will have people fall off for a variety of reasons. And boredom sure is one of them. <laughs> for sure. Well, we covered a little bit about, you know, what is, uh, as far as the the more involved podcast formats, we talked about some of what's involved with that and producing that. Do you have, I just want to make sure that we're covering all bases here. Do you have any other thoughts on if, if a podcaster doesn't have, like you mentioned, a huge production team and they're not, they don't have a huge investment into the show, they're doing it themselves. Is there any last minute advice you have uh, for taking the show to the next level and, and trying to up their production value formatting wise? Is there any other last thoughts that we might've missed that you, you want to get out? 
Oh, that's a good one. So like if they're doing a narrative show or a documentary style show or something along those lines, right? Yeah, they're, they're going to take the next step. They don't have a full production team. Maybe they have a co-host or somebody helping them, but, you know, it's just them. A lot of that has to do with um, how you approach the, your episode to begin with. If you approached it as a story that you need to tell, not an interview you needed to conduct, that there are a lot of models out there that you can Google that will help you find um, the story arc, the, how to build a story, like literally how to set up your character, um, how to introduce their setting, how to introduce a plot. Like there's an actual there's an actual storyline that you're following. How to introduce conflict, um, or at least show moments in that in your quote unquote character, meaning your guest in their life where things were difficult uh, and they had to overcome something. Like if you look at how a story goes. You can build that into your your show, and you don't need other people to do that necessarily. You know, um, there might be if you listen to some of the the great shows out there, like uh, was it Doctor John? Is that the show? Um, you listen to some of those types of true crime shows or things like that, and they do a phenomenal job with sound design, where they introduce just the right kind of music with just the right feel and attitude, and it brings just the right emotion at just the right moment. That is a total discipline in and of itself. So if you can't pull that off, which I think a lot of people can't, including me, then you need to think of other ways and that you build the show so that somebody, again, feels like they can handle this by themselves. And, um, and so your listener feels like they're willing to kind of give you five more minutes of their time and then five more minutes of their time. But, but I would say, you know, if you're building a narrative or documentary show, then it, it's, a, it's morally, more about um, finding the story that you want to tell people and making sure that there is a a crescendo to things, you know, and then there's a finality yeah. to things at the end. You've gotten closure to things instead of the person feeling like, oh, why didn't he ever ask that? Why did, why, how come that never came up? You know, you have to, again, put yourself in the shoes of a listener, you know, and imagine what they would, would want to hear. Yeah, that's great. I love that. A lot of people think of story as, as fiction, but story arcs play in real life all the time. So, and that's what we're doing as podcasters. That's what we should be doing anyway. People are listening in to hear a story of some sort. So knowing how to hit those emotional cues throughout this, the story arc and understanding that discipline, I think is extremely valuable to podcasters. So that's great advice, kind of studying that aspect a little bit. Yeah. And again, I know podcasting is, I know we're the rebels. I know that we're trying to be the <laughs> anti-television, anti-radio and all that, anti-professional broadcasters and that sort of thing. But those people are professionals at what they do, for the most part, professionals at what they do for a reason. They, they're not just good on camera. They're not just good. They don't have to just have good, good voices. Like they've learned how to find unique stories and then tell them. And I would say if you're really determined to build, you know, like a narrative show or a documentary style show, at least listen to a few episodes of like a Dateline type of show that, that I don't even know if that show is still around, but Keith Morrison is brilliant as a journalist. And the way he not only walks you through the story, but builds in hooks to keep you listening to the story and even builds in moments where he reminds you where we're at in the story before taking you to the next piece. He's brilliant at that. And he's one of many people that are brilliant at that. And it's okay to take cues from people who are professionals at things when the rest of us aren't, right. you know? So it's, again, learn from the pros, the things that make sense to learn from them and, and your show will be that much better. Nah, that's great advice. I love it. Um, we're going to have to wrap things up here, but I do have a few follow-up questions before I let you go. So the first one, uh, I'm always 
fascinated by the different advice that I get from podcasters. If I were to take you back to day one of your very first podcast, you're starting from day one. What are one or two things that you would do differently that you would kind of give advice to a new podcaster when they're starting out? Okay, so here's counter advice that people, I would give different advice than most everybody gives in like the Facebook groups on podcasting and elsewhere. Hit us. In those groups, new podcasters are always told to get this microphone, to get this interface, to get this or that, because you're not sure if you're going to stick with it. Or just if you're just getting started, this is really low budget. And I heard some great advice from a, a good sound designer, uh, sound engineer named Tom Kelly. And he said, and I he convinced me that this is the right way to see it. That is, Go get the most expensive equipment that you can get that works for your setup, your situation, where it's com- you can comfortably afford it, but it does push the envelope because you don't ever want to be in a situation where you're second-guessing your audio quality. It's a dumb thing to get hung up on. I hate how many people worry more about the audio quality versus the content of their show like we've been talking about. Um, so get it right out of the gates. Just go ahead and spend and get the good stuff. And you won't ever have to wonder about when should I upgrade? What should I upgrade? What should be the next piece of equipment I get to? And I wish I would have done that instead of getting the minimal that I could get without my wife giving me a hard time. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just get good stuff and you'll be gl- glad that the audio quality box can be checked. And now you can focus on your content. So I hate to make it a gear answer, but I kind of feel like it is a gear answer. No, that that's great because we in uh, episode two and episode three, I'm pretty sure we we were talking about getting the the gear stuff right, so you don't have to think about it. And when you have that taken care of, now you can f- focus on the important stuff, which is what we're talking about today in this episode: telling a great story. So that's fantastic. Yeah, good, great. So. You've been doing this a long time. You've been doing the podcasting thing a long time. Obviously, you're invested in it. You got your co-founder of, of HelloCast. What is it about podcasting? And this doesn't have to be as a producer or as a host or as a co-founder. It could be as a listener. What is it about podcasting that you absolutely love that has driven you to do all these things within the podcasting industry? Um, I, I, I actually don't think I'm all that talented at podcasting but I will say my answer is there are so many talented communicators out there who, if they had just stuck to their day job and podcasting hadn't become a thing, none of us would be familiar with them. And I hope that your listeners have some indie, you know, some non-professional, so to speak, podcasts that they listen to for that very reason, because there are some people who are so good at this and it's not their day job. They make money and maybe even decent money doing it. But it's not so much sure. their day job. And and I, I love that. I love knowing that there are people out there who either have extremely important stories that need to, to be told. Like, we need to hear these stories. People that have overcome adversity, people who are in difficult circumstances and the system works against them, disadvantaged uh, people in, in circumstances that, are, that we need to generate compassion for. We need to feel compassion and hear their stories. Like, there's that. And then there's people who are just extremely talented on a microphone and telling a story or getting other people to tell them that their story. And I just love that. There are so many talented people that we can uncover through the medium of podcasting that we wouldn't have otherwise. My favorite thing about podcasting by far. That's great. Now, I'm really excited about what's up next for 
freelance to founder and HelloCast. So why don't you give us a little preview on uh, anything you're super excited about for the future? I know you and I were talking and you had mentioned that you're actually looking to update the format of freelance to founder. So why don't we talk a little bit about that, what we have on the horizon, and then why don't you tell us a little bit about HelloCast and uh, if there's anything that we should get excited about. Yeah, I made a hint to it with my when I made uh, reference to director's cut type of approach to my episodes. I haven't ever felt like I want to make a change to my podcast that's like overnight, it's suddenly different. I did that once when we switched from narrative to more traditional interview style. And we also switched at the same time from a season-based to weekly-based. So that was one hard change. And I don't, I don't really want to do that again. So the show will evolve. And you will have segments that are being brought in to the show where we pause the interview because the guest said something important. And now we're going to talk about that subject for just a minute. And it may very well involve another person's take on that because I think the subject is so compelling. And I'm glad the guest brought it up. Those will be short and quick, and they won't be even really long segments because the episode is about the guest, Yeah, um, and I don't want to lose track of that. But I want the, the feel of the show to have a different vibe than other shows. I do segments with my guests. I, do, I have this segment that it's poorly named, but I do the segment called the three-in-one segment where I ask three questions, and I ask for one thing from my guest in each of those three questions. I do that at the tail end of my interview, and I do it partially because not all my guests, I know them. Uh, and so I have to develop a little bit of chemistry with them before I feel like I can ask them these questions yeah. and get really good answers. But having, and I'm not unique on this one, but um, I've learned this from other podcasters, but having a segment you know, with your guest within the interview with your guest, I think could be interesting too, where you have set aside, you know, you cool. pause the yeah. show and now we want to talk about this for just a few minutes. I think that's probably best done up front or towards the end. Um, we'll find out, but I, I've already started to do that a little bit, but I'm going to do a little bit more of that earlier in the show. So there'll be at least a couple major changes to the show. They just won't feel like major changes because I'm not going to make an announcement about it. And the next episode feels, you know, quite a bit different. So tweaks that I think are important. Well, on that note, actually, I do have a follow-up question to that. Should podcasters uh, be weary about experimentation? Should they experiment with their format? We always talk on the show about consistency and how consistency is a driver of success for podcasters. But with that in mind, should they be scared to experiment with this stuff? Uh, short answer is nope. Uh, I I think that podcasting screams for people to be innovative and to challenge what it means. The only definition of a podcast that I stick to, that I like the idea of sticking to also for us as a, an industry or space or whatever, is episodic, that it's a regular basis. Yeah. Now, that might mean it's only 10 episodes yeah. and then it's in the can and it's done, never to be addressed again. But I do like it not being just a single audio you put out into the world. Podcasting has to be, you know, subscribed to and multi-episodes in my mind. I do like that. But I do, I do think the yeah. future of podcasting will have a lot more people pushing the envelope and, and changing what a format, what, the, what a 20-minute show can be, um, what it can sound like, uh, what the pace of it can be, the segments, all of that. And I, I can't wait to hear people breaking new ground in that way. And I hope they do. That's great. I hope now, we do. Yeah. <laughs> breaking new ground right now. <laughs> um, so where, where can listeners find you if they have any questions or want to get in contact with you? Or uh, where can they subscribe to Freelance to Founder? Where can they find that? And where can they find HelloCast if they need some help with managing their podcast productions? Uh, where can we find all this stuff? 
Well, HelloCast is at, uh, at the dot com. So it's HelloCast.com. Um, that's the best place to go to it there. I man the live chat as much as I can, and, and it's pretty intuitive. Most people figure it out what, what the purpose of it is the moment they arrive and, and start digging into it just a little bit. we got a help documentation system and all that sort of thing, but I'm there to kind of nudge them along if they have questions about it. But the best place to find me personally is, is probably on Twitter, uh, though I'm not an avid aggressive user of it. I'm pretty active on it, at least a, as a listener, as a watcher <laughs> uh, and a part-time contributor. So I'm, I'm Brandon Hull there, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-H-U-L-L. And then Freelance to Founder, we've made sure that's in every podcast player, the Pandora's, Spotify's, iHeartMedia's, even, you know, Luminary of all places. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's everywhere. Find it on your favorite player. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, Brandon, thank you so much. This has been excellent. Tons of great insights here. I love it. Thanks so much for being on. Devin, it was, it was great being on. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It was a great com- good conversation. And there you have it. Brandon Hull from Freelance to Founder and HelloCast. Now, I absolutely loved his emphasis on storytelling. As a podcaster, your number one goal should be telling a good story. And just because you're not doing a narrative podcast does not mean that storytelling should get thrown out the window. So no matter what format you choose, any of the formats that are out there, any of the formats that we discussed on today's podcast, just remember that the ultimate goal to success and drawing in listeners is telling a good story. So always hunt for that story in everything that you're doing when you're crafting your episodes. Well, that's all I have for you. Uh, We're going to see you next in the new year in January uh, for the next episode. Uh, Until then, again, happy holidays. Uh, If you haven't done so already, please subscribe so you don't miss any of the next episodes. And find us on Twitter. Uh, Get involved in the conversation with us on Twitter. We want to know moving into the new year what your challenges are as podcasters and what you want to hear and who you want to hear from on this podcast. So you can find us at at Devenio Podcasts, plural, at Devenio Podcasts. Uh, Looking forward to hearing from you. And until next time, happy podcasting.